Um, so we're looking at mountaintop experiences through Matthew as a way of kind of leading our way into Easter. Um, and so a bunch of them which we're gonna which we're gonna check out. I think we've looked at about in, at a mountain um, in the book of Matthew. Whether well, I'm talking specifically where like a, a mountain when, when we're away in um, lockdown. Anyone? Sorry? Simo, did you yell something out? You've got a yelling out look on your face. Um, okay, so the first one with all sort the, the birth narrative and all that sort of stuff, and then the first time. I'm so that's the first one. Um, so it says that you know the devil took Jesus up to a high mountain and said, uh, "Well, the first the first one is when he, he's on the temple and says, bow down and worship me,' and then and then takes him to another mountain and says, um, "I'll give it, all of this to you," and Jesus says, "No." Nah. So that's the first one. Second one, second mountain experience. Does anyone know what the second one was? Yes. They tried to throw him off a mountain. Where, where, where is that, Steve? See, I'm talking about Matthew. Yeah, that's a good one, though. Yeah, do that. I don't think it's in Matthew, or at least if it is, they don't mention the word mountain. They might have, they might have a word hill, but often the word hill is actually the word mountain, which is translated differently. <coughs> but my independent thought alarm is going off, Steve. You shouldn't be thinking for yourself. You <laughs> no, I'm only joking. This is good. So he's, he's going, but Matthew, this, so the second, the second mountain experience for Matthew um, is the, this is the big one, right? The sermon on the mount, okay? So Jesus, yeah. I've got some backup pens here. Okay, so the Sermon on the Mount is number two. Um, and then number three is what Sally talked about last week. Does anyone remember that? Oh, I think it's feeding back off that. Feeding of the 5,000. After That's what we're talking about today. Uh, so the feeding, of, we're actually talking about feeding of the 4,000. Right, the feeding of the 5,000 happens uh, down here somewhere. Not on a mountain, but that's relevant. Thanks, puppy. The, four, the, the third one is um, what Sally talked about last week, which was the prayer, this, this, um, this, this prayer time that Jesus spends um, on a mountain. So Jesus goes up on a mountain to pray. Um, so that was, the, that was the fourth one. So there's these interesting little mountain sort of experiences um, dotted all the way through, through Matthew, and there's more after the ones we're going to look at today. But um, this 4,001 is the one we're going to look at today. So we'll just have a... Grab your Bibles, Matthew chapter 15, um, and we're, look, we're reading from verse 29 to the end of the, end of the chapter. Um, Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up on a mountainside and sat down. Great, crowd, great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They've already been with me here three days and have had no place to feed such a crowd. So as the audience, you guys are meant to be going, come on guys, he's just done it. He's just fed 5,000 people. <coughs> Verse 34, um, how many loaves do you have? Jesus said, seven, they replied, and a few small fish. 
He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. He took the seven loaves and fish, and when he had given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples, and they in turn to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was 4,000 men, besides women and children. After Jesus sent the crowd away, he got into the boat, tough experiencing. So we, 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 when we read this, our first, sort of, our first sort of question came to me, which is a great question um, to ask. But before we get there, we, we just want to sort of unpack it just a little bit to, to sort of see what's, what's kind of going on in the text, because then we're going to be better able to actually answer that question. Right, so um, <clears throat> I'm wondering... There, there, there's some interesting things which are happening here. The, 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 there's two main things. There's this healing thing that's happening where, where the, the text mentions there's, there's all these healings which are happening. The lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute. So lame are people um, that can't walk, right? Um, we know the rest. Mute, people that can't speak. Um, and so Jesus, is, Jesus heals these people and then does this, um, this feeding miracle. So we already know the feeding of the 5,000 has, has just happened, right? And so this feeding the 4,000, so there's the feeding miracle, which has now happened and of this category of all these. So I didn't get to hear Sally's talk, but I listened to, listened to it of um, John the Baptist. I'd, I'd never made that connection, right? So there's this, more, there's this intense grief experience, and then, and then Jesus tries to get away by himself. It seems as though maybe there's this kind of mass... Uh, mourning kind of thing going on, maybe related um, up to that. Jesus being a cousin of John the Baptist. So they go away and, and, and then they're essentially, they would all be mourning the death of John the Baptist as the sort of background context to this feeding of the 5,000. So that's really interesting because if, if we push back into the text just, just back before that, so the feeding of the 5,000 happens there in, um, <clears throat> the, in chapter 14. Right, and then chapter 14 is John the Baptist dying. And then if we go just back a bit before that, a couple of chapters um, into chapter 11, we have this really interesting question. This is relevant to our text today. Right, so um, in Matthew chapter 11, it says, After Jesus has finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John, this is John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent disciples to him to ask him, are you the one that's to come or should we wait for someone else? Now, this is a really good question, right? And when we hear the word Messiah, where for us it's kind of this jargon word, right? Messiah, you know, what's that? It's this weird kind of word. When we, when we hear the word Messiah in this text, we, I want you to substitute the word king, right? So, because for us, the word king captures so much of what they would have heard when they heard Messiah. Right? So when, when John says, you know, um, when it says here they've heard about the deeds of the Messiah, the king, he sent he's meant to do. What is the king meant to do? Particularly to people that are in prison. What does the king do to people that are in prison that shouldn't be there? He gets he breaks them out. So if if the if, if Jesus really is this king who's come, what he's meant to do is all the political prisoners, think of Myanmar, when the true king comes, that they're meant to release all the people from prison. Now, this, this is part of what the Messiah, the King, is meant. Well, Jesus has failed. This is like the greatest prophet who is, has, has come, even since Elijah or whatever. Yep. And so the feeding of the five... So um, 
this text here pushes us back. Let's just really quickly look look at um, um, Isaiah 53. Just oh, sorry, Isaiah 35. Just for some background to the, this text. Um, <clears throat> Isaiah thirty five. Everyone with their newfangled devices like come on Alex. We were there ages ago. No, that's not it. <coughs> Let me check my notes. Isaiah thirty five, four to six. Oh there, it is it. <coughs> um so th- so there's this there's this prophetic thing. Strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come and he will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Code four, if you're in prison, he's going to break you out. Um, And then verse five, "Then, then will the eyes of the blind be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped, the lame will leap like a deer and the mute tongue will shout for joy. These are categories um, all these things are going to happen. The mute are going to hear the like, psyche for, for a century. So, so when John comes and asks them that the deaf hear, the blind see, the dumb hear, uh, you know, the, the dumb... And then so when John dies, um, that, that, that's, that still goes... That, that answer is still um, relevant. Right, so why am I saying all this? Healings. There's all these healings that are being underscored in this passage. There's the healings and there's the, another feeding... Um, Ministry. Um, so, our life, and we could probably come up with a whole bunch of maybe big ideas. Um, but one of the one of the central big ideas, I don't know what, the way you're trying to answer that question in your head as I as I put it out there, but one of the one of the key big ideas, this is called the state in the obvious game, which I do a lot. But state in the obvious is G. This is the things that are happening that makes it look like he's not in control. That Matthew's building up this picture of, of who Jesus, who Jesus is. Us, like what what are we actually of stuff that we already, particularly the the kingdom of God is a place where it's kind of a good place to land. The kingdom of God is a place where everybody has through, through earth. Notice it says that um, Jesus told the crowd. I, I mean I don't know if I'm drawing way too much out of it. It's like the disciples are a place where everyone has enough and all the all the sort of God. Think about our sphere of family. Certainly our name enough. As a place place of enough, um, so that often that often takes some real some real difficult decisions, um, some sort of sacrificial decisions. Isaac, are you still are you still cool? Okay, so I've invited Isaac. Isaac does it is Isaac kind of makes some hard decisions um, to kind of live the way you know that Jesus calls us to live, and he might he might say I'm not really doing this because Jesus told told me to talk for a few minutes just about some of the enough for all. Um, of my money to causes that I, um, and I've switched. They they invest in clean energy in Australia, and they are able to um, impact the world on a per capita is the um, so environmental impact. And I just see that as being a small thing I can do to just one person. So I think uh, would further your idea of what makes the world a fairer place and a world where there's enough for all. It, um, <coughs> Let's pray. God, thank you that um, 
that you do provide for our needs. Thank you that you are bringing the kingdom and that you're bringing it through us. Lord God, just um, bring to mind for us maybe the next step, the next decision that, that you want us to make to help provide for the people around us. Lord, um, thank you for Southern who is locating itself at the margins. Yeah, just... But Lord, beyond that, just in our helpless decisions, time for morning tea.